is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with, is that really in the Bible? Question, must you speak in tongues to be saved? First question, must you speak in tongues to be saved? Second question, is speaking in tongues evidence that you have the Spirit of God? Third question, is there a secret prayer language that some people have? Is there a secret prayer language that you need to have? Maybe you would feel so much better if you had this secret prayer language. You know, I had a woman, many years ago, I had a woman call our church and she was asking me about the gifts of tongues. And I tried to explain her the meaning of the gift that it was for the purpose of spreading, of communicating the gospel because they had been given a commission to go ye therefore into all the world and, and they were given the gifts of dialect or languages to do just that. But this woman sort of didn't view it like that. She said, you know, I just, I, when I, I, I speak in tongues and, and I just feel so good about myself and I just feel good and I feel wonder, it's the most wonderful thing I've ever done in my life and I just feel so good. And I asked her, I said, now, I said, when you speak in tongues, do you understand what you're saying? Well, no, 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 I, I don't understand. And, I, and again, I, I, I said, now, now, <clears throat> let me get this right. When you speak in tongues, you, do you understand what you're saying? Oh, no, 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 I don't understand. But it's just, it's the most wonderful feeling. And this woman went on a rant and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Eventually, I had to close, I had to, I had to, you know, click, cut her off, you know, just, just hang up the phone, you know, if it's because, I mean, you, you can only deal with the loose nut on the end of the shaft. You can only deal with people for, for so long like that. And that's one of the best ways to do it. It just hang up, you know, just get those people out of your life because you don't really need them there. And you don't need them in your life. But uh, there was no communicating to her, but she was convinced because it felt so good. I was reading uh, Charisma magazine. It said we should ask for our prayer language. I'm thinking we should ask for our prayer. Why? What's wrong with English? I understand it probably better than any other language. Uh, uh, what's wrong with using English? Why do I need to ask for a prayer language? And often what you will find is it just makes them feel good as if religion was based on a feeling you know if you feel good it's got to be from god is how a lot of people look at it now you do know back in the 70s they took and when the charismatic movement was big time they took and these churches were speaking in tongues they took some bilingual men and women around to these churches to just see what was really going on and in a lot of churches, not all, but in a lot of churches, they came back and said the words that were coming out of their mouths was the most vile, filthy words they had ever heard in their life. They were speaking a different language, but it was cursing and filth and vile language. Now, you, you answer the question, what spirit were the people under? 
when that spirit took control of them and they began to utter words that was cursings and vile and filthy. Do you think that was of God? No, it wasn't of God. Now, I don't know why people don't understand this, that the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit are given for a reason. It is to serve others. It is to spread the gospel. It is to communicate the gospel. No real gift of the Spirit is self-serving. It's not about you. It's not about so that you can feel good. There are ways, that other ways you can go about feeling good. You can do the right thing. That's one way. But no real gift of the Holy Spirit is self-serving. It's not for you. And there's a meaning behind every gift that God gives. And let's look at Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark 16 and verse 15. Mark 16 and verse 15. And he said to them, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now this was the great commission that had been Jesus had given to his disciples. And he tells them, you know, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now let's go back in time and just ask some of the questions that they were probably asking. First of all, they, they, they probably said, well, how will we get there? How will we uh, drive ourselves you know, to the whole world? And second question was, how will we communicate to the whole world? Because there's a language barrier that we can't cross. We can only speak our language. And they were told, they were specifically told to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. They were going to receive something that would enable them to communicate the gospel. Because they sure could use some help, especially when it comes to this language barrier that they were up against. Okay, what happened? Well, Acts 2 and verse 4 Acts 2 and verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2 and verse 7, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? They had been given the gifts of multiple languages, and whether the gift was in the hearing or in the speaking, it doesn't matter because they could now under, we can now understand each other. That's the meaning behind the gift. You see, now if God gave you the gift of healing, what would you do? Would you jump on the back of church pews and make a complete idiot out of yourself, you know, look like a buffoon? Would you, you know, would you get down on the ground and, 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 and waller around on the ground? And, and I mean, what, if you had the gift of healing, what would you do? You would go heal sick people, would you not? You would go empty a hospital. No real gift of the Spirit is self-serving, you see. It's not given to make you feel good about yourself. It's so that you can do a work. It's so that you can minister to people. It's so that you can help people. It's so that you can lift people up. That's the reason God gives gifts of the Spirit. And so, 
And he said to them, again, Mark 16 and verse 15, he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to every dialect of people. And so they were given this gift. Now, guess what happened? Guess what happened? Human nature took over, the ego took over, the carnal mind took over, and people began to flaunt their gift. You know, I heard that the first lady has, can speak five different languages. Now, she had to learn that the hard way how to do that. But imagine if you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was given the ability to speak five different languages. Would it go to your head? You think it might go to your head. Well, this is exactly what happened in the church, the New Testament church. Uh, you know, I'm more spiritual than you because I can speak, you know, five languages. You can only speak one or two or whatever. You know, it, it's, it's, it was an ego thing and people began to flaunt their gifts and Paul had to deal with this. Now, this is the reason I think there are not more spiritual gifts in the church is because people couldn't handle them. I mean, think about it. If you had the gift of healing, would it go to your head or could you humbly serve people and just heal them? I mean, what would happen when all the camera people, media, the crazed media started showing up? You know, would it go to your head? It probably would. You probably couldn't handle it. So I think that's the reason there are not more gifts of the Spirit in, in today's churches. Our egos are just too immature to handle any, any spiritual gifts. Now, Paul had to address this problem. And there is no reason at all for the great amount of confusion that I see over this subject. Much of what you see, the confusion over this subject of speaking in tongues is not even the gifts of tongues. Speaking a gibberish that no one can understand, that's not the gifts of tongues. Making a, a complete, acting like a buffoon, that's not the gifts of languages. That None of what you see in modern tongues is what relates to what was given 2,000 years ago. In fact, today, I don't really think the gifts of tongues is that needed because, you know, it's my understanding on YouTube videos that I do, at the touch of a button, I can translate that into different languages. So with our modern technology today, the need for it, but, but here's my point, for such a time as this, what, what is needed today? Now back then, for such a time as that, the gifts of tongues was needed, the gifts of dialects, the gifts of multiple language was needed back then in order to fulfill, in order to accomplish, in order to do the Great Commission. So, uh, but anyway, it's only confusing when your ego gets in the way and you read more into the scripture than is there. Again, people want it to flaunt their gifts. Now, let me just break it down for you. If you're an American and you speak English and you go to the church where everybody else speaks English, there is no need for the gifts of tongues. None whatsoever. It's, there, there's zero need for the gifts of languages at that church if everybody understands one another, okay? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Now, this is a scripture you always want to keep in mind when you're visiting churches and maybe you've been to a Pentecostal church or a charismatic church where they're speaking in tongues, 
and you don't understand a single thing that's going on. It all looks like a carnival show, a circus, and you're thinking, why am I even here? All right, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion. If you're confused, it's your own fault. Get out of there and never come back. Okay, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Understanding. Understand. If you're not going there to understand, why are you going? Are you going there to play games? Look, if you want to go to a circus, go to a circus. Church should not be a circus. Church should not resemble a circus. All right? Now, sometimes I've had people say, well, I have a special prayer language. Okay, good. Good for you. All right? Why, if you have a secret prayer language, good, use it. Don't tell me about it. I don't need to hear it. You don't speak your prayers in public, do you? Why, if you have a special prayer language, why would you flaunt it in an open forum of a of hundred people? If it's a secret prayer, prayer language, Jesus is specific. When you pray, go into your closet, shut the door, and pray to your Father in secret. There's no misunderstanding that. So if you have a secret prayer language, why are you flaunting it in front of a hundred people? If you have a secret prayer language, good for you. Keep it to yourself. I'm not interested in it. I don't want to hear it. Okay? And after all, do you need a secret prayer? Do you need a secret prayer, a special prayer language? Let me ask you this. Does your God understand English? Or is he missing a few marbles there when it comes to understanding English? If he can understand English, I, I don't know why you need a prayer language. Okay? But, okay, I'm not knocking it. I'm just, I'm just trying to deal with reality and all its ugliness. The truth is what I'm dealing with. All right, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2. And I'm reading from the contemporary English version here. If you speak languages that others don't know, God will understand what you're saying. Well, of course. Can God understand English? Yes. He can understand in any language. Okay. If you speak a language that others don't know, God will understand what you're saying, though no one else will know what you mean. You will be talking about mysteries that only the Spirit understands. In other words, it will just be, if you're speaking in a different language, so if you're speaking in tongues or a different dialect, yes, it's, it's just between you and God. No one else understand it, understands it. God understands it, understands you, but no one else will understand it. Now, again, you've got to keep the fundamentals in mind. The purpose of the gifts of languages, the gifts of tongues, was for evangelizing the world. It was a much needed gift back then for such a time as that, that they lived in because of the, to fulfill and to accomplish the Great Commission. All right, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. But when you prophesy inspired preaching, you will be understood and others will be helped. They will be encouraged and made to feel better. Notice this, they're made to feel better not because they're speaking in a gibberish that no one understands. They're, they're made to feel better because they understand. Notice it again. But when you prophesy, you will be understood and others will be helped. They will be encouraged and made to feel better because they understand what you're talking about, what, what you're saying. 
1 Corinthians 14 and verse 5. Now, I'm reading from uh, God's Word translation here. I wish that all of you could speak in other languages, but especially that you could speak what God has revealed. The person who speaks what God has revealed is more important than the person who speaks in other languages. This is true unless he can interpret what he says to help the church grow. Now, it says to have an interpreter what's being said. Now, this is one of the qualifiers that if you're going to have someone speaking in tongues, you need to have an interpreter there. And if you don't have an interpreter there, don't allow the person to speak in different languages. Now, why is this true? Well, the reason you want an interpreter there is to know what's being said in order that you may know what spirit that person is under. If the person, if, if you have an interpreter there and the person says that person is cursing the sky blue, then you know what spirit that person is under. That's why your Bible says, and look, if you're going to speak in tongues in church, that is languages, different dialects. And again, like I said, if you're in an English church and no one, everybody speaks English, there's no reason for, for you to do this. But if you were in a church where there were bilingual, different people with different, from different languages, uh, and they were having a hard time understanding, let's say you were in church and you had some uh, people from Japan or whatever there, and, and all of a sudden you were given the gifts of languages, and that person begins to speak, you know, their language. All right, you need to have an interpreter there to know what's being said. You don't just let this stuff run out all over the place. And the Bible's instruction is, if there's no interpreter there, don't do, don't speak in different languages. All right, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18. Paul says, I thank God that I spake in other languages more than any of you. All right, Paul was bilingual. He could speak many different languages. Yet in order to teach others, in church, I would rather say five words that can be understood than 10,000 words in another language. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 23. Suppose the whole congregation gathers in the same place and you speak in other languages. When, when outsiders or unbelievers come in, won't they say that you're out of your mind? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what people will say. Won't they say that you're out of your mind? If you've ever been to one of these churches, that's exactly what you said. These people are crazy. And you probably never <laughs> desired to go back. So that's exactly what people will say if they, if they don't understand. Paul emphasizes the importance of understanding, a understanding heart, a understanding mind. You go to church to get knowledge, to get wisdom on how to change your life for the better, how to be a better Christian, how to live the Christian life, how to conquer the sinful self, how to be an overcomer and live for the glory of God. That's what you go to church for. It's for understanding and knowledge. You don't go there to play games. You don't go there for the fun of it, do you? I hope not. Anyway, is speaking in tongues evidence that you have the Spirit of God? No, it's not. 
It's evident that you have a gift of languages and that you need to minister to people of that dialect. If I was given the gift of languages, first thing I would do is find out what language it is. I think I would probably know that if I was given the gift. But then I would pursue, that would be a sure sign that I am to communicate to people of that dialect. That's what it would mean for me. Just like if I was given the gift of healing, I would know I'm supposed to go heal some sick people. And probably the first place I would start is a hospital. All right, Acts 5 and verse 32. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to them that obey him. Who does God give his spirit to? He gives his spirit. This verse tells us that God gives his spirit to them that obey him. Now, why is that? Well, it's because God's not going to spend eternity with a pack of rebels. Why would God spend eternity with rebellious men and women? He's not going to spend eternity with rebels. And so God gives his spirit to those that are willing to obey him. So is that really in the Bible? Must you speak in tongues to be saved? Absolutely not. It is a gift of the Spirit that was used to serve and communicate the gospel to the world. You know, when we talk about things, words like, okay, must you do this in order to be saved? Let's take a look at 1 John 2, verse 4. It says this, it says, He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. You know, if you want to reveal to the world that you're a Christian, do what he says. Do what the Ten Commandments tell you to do. That's how you reveal to the world that you're a Christian. You don't reveal to the world that you're a Christian by speaking in a gibberish that no one can understand. You don't communicate to the world that you're a Christian by jumping church pews and, and falling down like you're dead on the floor or something like that, spirit of laughter. That's not the way you communicate to the world that you're a Christian. You communicate to the world that you are a Christian by the willingness to do what God tells you to do. Now, the greatest gift of the Spirit is this. The greatest gift of God's Spirit is His Holy Spirit when you can receive His Holy Spirit. Now, I want to offer you three items here. Number one, how to receive the Spirit of God. Because if we're going to talk about gifts of the Spirit, first you've got to have the Spirit of God. Okay? And that's the greatest gift. It's, it's a part of God's spiritual DNA that he gives to mankind upon repentance. So how to receive the Spirit of God. This little publication will, tell, it will go through the scriptures and it will tell you the step-by-step process that you need to go through in order to receive the Spirit of God. There is a way to receive the Spirit of God. I can't emphasize that enough, that there is a way. And that way has been lost in mainstream Christianity. It's been lost. Most people assume because the Spirit is working through me, maybe it inspires me to do something, that I must have the Spirit of God. No. The Spirit can work through people, but there is a way to receive the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God. How to receive the Spirit of God. This will tell you what you need to do to receive the Spirit of God. Second publication, should you be baptized? Should you? Because these two go together. 
This is part of the way to receive the Spirit of God. You've got to be baptized. And you need to have hands laid on you for the receiving of the Spirit of God. And then the third thing is baptism counseling, what you should have known before being baptized. There's a lot of things that Christians miss when they go down in the waters of baptism. One of the big things they miss is real repentance. You know, they, they just think, oh, I raised my hand, that's it. And, and they don't understand what real repentance is. These publications will tell you what real repentance is and what you need to do to receive the Holy Spirit of God. It's the greatest gift that God could have ever given to mankind is a part of his very own spirit that can unite with your spirit. And when that happens, a new creature in Christ starts to develop. And that new creature in Christ will be resurrected when the trump sounds, when Christ returns to this earth again. You'll be the first to meet him. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Many people spend their whole life repeating the same old mistakes. What does it take to have good discernment and good judgment? It takes having the Spirit of God. But what many people overlook is, the Spirit of God is not something that you are born with. Man was created incomplete, missing that spiritual element that would make him complete. The Bible clearly lays out the way to receive the Spirit of God. Learn the step-by-step -step process for receiving the Spirit of God. Order your free copy of Why You Need the Holy Spirit. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.org. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.